Listen all month as ReachMD XM157 explores The Great Debate, a special series discussing the future of public health policy in America. How do we ensure that nursing homes are truly medical homes? You're listening to a special program on nursing home policy on ReachMD XM157, the voice of the medical professional. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, your host, and with me today is Dr. Charlene Harrington. Dr. Harrington is the Professor of Sociology and Nursing in the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences, School of Nursing, University of California, San Francisco. She is the Associate Director of the John A. Hartford Center for Geriatric Nursing Excellence and Director of the Doctorate Program in Nursing and Health Policy at UCSF. Today we're discussing policies vital to keep nursing homes up to snuff so they're ready for us. Dr. Harrington, it's great that you've joined us for this special program on policymaking. I'm a baby boomer, and fortunately, I'm not quite ready for the nursing home. You are intimately involved in the development of nursing home consumer information system. Are there things I should be looking out for before I sign up for a particular nursing home? The number one thing to look for in a nursing home is how many nurses they have, the amount of nursing staff. In the Medicare Nursing Home Compare website, as well as some of the state websites, like the one we developed for California, do have information on the number of staff in the nursing homes. That's the best predictor. There are other quality indicators, but consistently we believe that staffing is the most important. Could you give us a ballpark figure for, again, if I'm the consumer going into the nursing home, what number am I looking for? The websites list staffing, but you should also go visit the facility, and especially during the day and the evening shift, you should see if the nursing assistants have more than seven residents to take care of, and whether the RNs have more than 20 patients to take care of. If they do then they're going to be stretched too thin to get all the work done. You served on the Institute of Medicine's committee that resulted in a 1986 report leading to the passage of the Nursing Home Reform Act. That was done in 1987. How have those regulations held up these past 30 years? Is there anything that needs updating, anything missing? Well, the implementation of that legislation was very important, I think, in improving the focus on outcomes and requiring resident assessments. The major flaw in the regulation was, or the law, was that we did not require a minimum standard for staffing. And that's where things have fallen apart because so many nursing homes are cutting corners and not hiring enough staff. I guess you've probably answered this, but my next question was, if one of the presidential candidates came to you and said, Dr. Harrington, I need you to write my policy on nursing homes, what would you ask them for? Well, several things. One is that a minimum staffing standard and electronic reporting of staffing data from the payroll records. We would also ask that the ownership of nursing homes be reported more completely and so that ownership would be transparent because we now see many chains and private equity companies getting in the business with very complex organizational structures so that you can't determine who is responsible. And then the third major thing we would ask for is financial accountability because the government is paying for 62% of all the funds, and this year it's about 130 
$1.2 billion being spent on nursing homes. And then we would ask that when nursing homes get the funds from government, that they have to spend what was allocated for direct care and indirect care. And they would not be able to move that money over into profits and into administration, which is what's happening now. So those are the main things that we would like to have. In addition to that, I would like to see a candidate focus on the alternatives to nursing homes. We need more home and community-based services so that people can stay at home and avoid nursing homes. I have a patient who has a very rare condition, a form of myotonic dystrophy, and when she became adult, her home care sort of vanished. I mean, she just said, well, you're not eligible for this program and that program, and you know, it was quite a battle for her family, and I assisted in one way or another that I could. But why isn't long-term care insurance part of a basic national health care program? It seems like it's sort of the forgotten orphan. Yes, long-term care is definitely forgotten right now because there's so much emphasis paid to covering the uninsured. And in fact, not one presidential candidate from any party has mentioned long-term care as an important issue, and yet we know the public sees that as a major issue. seems like we've got to activate the Great Panthers. <laughs> well, a number of the consumer organizations and the AARP are very much involved in trying to push for long-term care. We have some legislation in Congress that at least would put a minimum floor for long-term care into law to require all states to provide personal assistance services. But so far, that Congress has not moved forward on that legislation. I'd like to pause for just a moment to welcome those who are just joining us at the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, and I'm speaking with Dr. Charlene Harrington. We're discussing nursing home policies. The long-term care issue, is there anything that physicians consumers can do to push this forward? Well, we would love to see the physicians and the American Medical Association and other physician specialty groups, as well as the American Nursing Association and nursing specialty groups, begin to speak out on the issues of long-term care. They're very focused on other care issues, and yet long-term care is probably the most neglected area with by health professionals. You had mentioned another problem in nursing homes. I believe it was accidents, injuries, certainly falls are a big problem. Do we need any regulations in those areas? Do we need any new policies? Well, the most important area would be to have minimum staffing standards because all of these problems like falls and restraints, pressure ulcers, weight loss, they're all related to not having enough nurses to provide basic care in nursing homes. So we don't think that nursing homes are going to voluntarily improve the standards, and so we think that's going to have to be required at either the federal or the state levels. Are there any other ways of regulating nursing homes to improve care? Pay for performance is an issue in in medicine. Should nursing homes be paid for their performance? Well, there's some talk about that, and I think that might be another approach but I think it would be very important to stick to the basics, and that would be paying for staffing 
and paying to reduce the staff turnover rates. Some of these other measures like the amount of pain or uh, patients have or pressure ulcers, those are not reliably reported. And if pay for performance were attached to those, those are too easy for nursing homes to game. We need to stick to things that are concrete and measurable. And the other area that's important is to pay for preventing hospitalizations. I was just going to ask you whether transfer to hospital could be a number that could be measured. Yes, transfer to the hospital and the use of emergency rooms. The problem is that nursing homes, if patients get sicker, they quickly send them off to the hospital or the ER because it reduces their costs. And those costs are then have to be paid for by Medicare. So there's no incentive for the nursing home to keep the patient there and try to address the problem or prevent the problem. So that would be a great pay-for-performance issue. Those would be like our four primary issues. What about ambiance in nursing homes? Feng shui, as they say. Does that play a role in the patient's overall well-being? Is there anything in policy that or research that's being done on that? Definitely. There are many suggestions for what needs to be done in that area. But I think food and activities and private rooms are important areas that need to be addressed. But again, these things cost money. Are there any regulations to amount of time patient needs to spend out of their room socializing you know, quality of life issues, and if not, is it going to take regulation to achieve these goals? Well, no, we think all the regulations are in place. The problem is that they're not enforced properly, and that goes back to the fact that the the states and the federal government are not putting enough funds into the regulation and the oversight of nursing homes. So they have not been active in giving deficiencies to facilities that are violating the rules. The rules are okay. It's just the enforcement. WellPoint and Zagat are getting together to sort of have the doctor's guide. Would you like to join me in writing a Zagat's guide for nursing homes? <laughs> I have developed a nursing home website for the California Healthcare Foundation. Could you give that to us, please? It's calnhs.org. And we think it's a model site because we actually rate the nursing homes, and we rate them based on staffing and on deficiencies and complaints. And we have um, very important information on there. We also have information on alternatives to nursing homes, home care, hospice, personal care services, and other long-term care services that are available. The program that's just, I think it's just being started in terms of nursing and health policy at UCSF is... Alternative to nursing home care, one of the things you're working on? Yes, we have a large National Center for Personal Assistance Services that is funded by the National Institute on Disability and Rehabilitation Research at UCSF. And we have a a very large team of researchers working in this area and doctoral and master's students that are helping us. If someone wanted to avoid going into the nursing home, how would they go about getting the resources, especially the financial help necessary to stay at home? Well, the primary source is Medicaid, but there are other state programs that will help from the Departments of Aging and so on. We have a website that is www.pascenter.org. That's 
stands for Personal Assistance Services Center. And on that website, you can look at any state in the nation, and you can look at all the long-term care programs available, and we have contact information there, plus a lot of other information about home and community-based service programs. Well, our time, Dr. Harrington, has just flown by, and I'd like to thank you so much for being our guest and sharing with us your ideas about needed policies to make nursing homes a better place to live. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg. I hope you've enjoyed this special program on nursing home policy on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions. Please visit us at ReachMD.com and take advantage of our new on-demand and podcast features, which gives you access to our entire program library. Thank you for listening to ReachMD XM157 and The Great Debate, a month-long special series and discussion on the future of public health policy in America.